0: Our
1: next speaker is the previous speaker, uh, which is Alexander. And he will tell us more. It, uh, if you read the title of his presentation, it may might sound a little strange. Um, he's going to talk about, well, what about, so he showed you one way of creating what you might call a cloud-optimized version of HDF5 files. Uh, but that's not the only way. and. Uh, he will tell you something about another way of achieving a similar goal um take it away
0: yeah sure so hear me again um hopefully I'll speak
1: slower this time
0: so when when hug meeting was announced I thought there might be some some or since someone mentioned there'll be a, a opportunity for sort of panel discussion and things and I thought this would be a, a topic that might be interesting or at least relevant to wider hdf5 user community but then we came back to this 15 minute talks so um i don't think it's it's uh still easy to to do something useful here and so my slides are not really meant to deliver something or some huge conclusion or some technical result this is more to spark discussion and hopefully um because of my slides now uh we ruin your dinner and you'll have to talk about this issue but not something more interesting maybe or more important to you so I apologize in advance. Um, so I feel for a number, for number of months that like we we are the time where I think this question should be posed. And to some degree it is maybe internal strategic HDF group question, but I also think that it involves the, the HDF5 users. And I thought, let's, let's at least ask it now at this meeting and see what happens. But at least we can Chekhov says, yes, we did it. We asked and and we can proceed, whatever his decision. Uh, so, uh, I talked about ZAR uh, more detail at the last year's European PAG meeting. So, I don't have time now to go through all of these things. And um, and so, as my colleague John also mentioned, ZAR uh, is in many ways exactly the same purpose as HDF5. It's a generic, multi-dimensional array data format. Um, The only difference is that right now, uh, no one in in the ZAR community thinks of ZAR files and talks of ZAR files. That's not what they're targeting. So in that way, there's a huge difference between ZAR community and HDF community. Uh, But um, ZAR turned out to be extremely, extremely suitable for all kinds of storage systems that in some way or another expose a key value interface. So you can assume POSIX file system is one uh, to some the, or relational database, or a bunch of key value stores, data stores that are available now, or obviously cloud object stores. And that's what really um, helped to, start to take off when the cloud computing and cloud native computing, cloud computing without file systems really became a thing. Um, ZAR, uh, obviously, because HDF5 exists and people do, <laughs> are aware of HDF5. So it, it, it inspired a lot of ideas in ZAR. Um, supports the, what I call holy trinity in all data cube storage features. that hierarchies or groups or someone called it directories, uh, chunking and chunk compression. Um, so it, it kind of covers a lot already. Um, it's very appealing because it's a very simple specification. Uh, As I said, they don't talk about files. And once you give up creating files, a lot of technical problems and and questions go away. And so uh, at the core of ZAR is really naming scheme for keys. And if you imagine HDFI file and all the, the little structures and parts that go into that HDFI file, you would have a independent unique key in ZAR for that data or that information. And so um, these keys are pre-computable, if that's the word. Uh, in other words, once you know what you want or where the data should go, you know the key from which to read the data or to write the data. And so parallelization is trivial because there is no anymore a central authority that needs to bless something. You You just know how to compute the keys, and it's only a matter of orchestrating process is not to work on the same keys kind of thing. Um, when I talked last year, there was a version two. This year, uh, maybe a few months back, there is a version three of Czar specification, and it's very formal, much more formalized than the previous one. So I think it's going to stick around for a longer time. and um, And I think that's why I wanted to bring this to this meeting and raise awareness of this. Uh, And one big part of ZAR version 3 is the idea of extending it through extension. (laughs) In other words, the core is very conservative, very basic, and the idea is that everything else is a ZAR extension, and therefore any software, and that's what ZAR community emphasizes, they don't want to have a single software implementation. Um, Every software implementation is free to support any of the ZAR extensions, but if it, it, it if it encounters an unknown extension, it should not fail, it should proceed for as long as possible. And so, because of that extensibility of ZAR v3, I thought, all right, so maybe maybe we should now look at ZAR in, in a different way. So, how is ZAR and HSDS schema? As I said, HSDS schema is essentially what what uh, is the data format of HSDS service um it's very conceptually similar to czar uh in terms how it comes to storing the data um it did originate from hdf 5 json which was a json representation of hdf 5 file so it's a very closely aligned with hdf 5 file features uh so that's positive in hsds case but the hsds schema is not really publicized by the company i mean i don't think that a lot of people are aware of it it's really sort of like a you know behind the curtain and what's up front is HDS service. Uh, so the question that I have um, is, can Rv3 and its extensions, future and the current one, be used as the cloud storage for the HDF5 data model? And the key thing here is HDF5 data model, which means that I'm not talking about one-to-one mapping between HDF5 file and whatever would be able to be stored in cloud HDF5. The data would still be there and the data would be correct, but some other storage features that accumulated over time in HDFI files may not be applicable to cloud storage or may not simply be possible in this way. So that's, you know, that's why I'm thinking we need to discuss this. So uh, in a very unscientific way, uh, I try to uh, to explain, so what is um, what are the pros and cons? But before that, I'm just going to mention the main differences between ZAR v3 right now and HDF5 data model. So the biggest hurdle right out of, out of the gate is that in ZAR, because of the requirements that keys are unique, uh, there cannot be multiple linking like in HDF5 uh, uh, data model multiple linking or multiple path names, but basically to name HDF5 groups or HDF5 data sets in multiple names. That's not possible in Zarr. not in the core specification. Um, the other uh, obvious missing part is no object or region reference data. Uh, the Czar specification is actually very conservative. They cover only the most basic numerical and string data types, not even variable length data. So there is room to improve, but right now there is no such a thing. Um, as far as our attributes and their data types, situation is very fluid, I <laughs> are say, or very, very relaxed. So they don't worry about data types of our attributes. They're essentially JSON data types. Uh, and so if your application can make work with it, awesome. If it cannot, well, you try to cast it into the data type you need, and if it works, great. If it's not, well, you know. <laughs> see what you can do about it. Uh, in terms of attribute values, uh, there are really any type of JSON literal, which is kind of exactly the same case for hsds schema right now. Although hsds schema is much more specific and aligned with hdf 5 data type. Uh, so every hdf 5 attribute in hsds schema has a data type. Um, So what are the pros and cons? Again, it is very unscientific and uh, I don't want to go into was I right or not. I'm just asking people to really say what they think about because that's really what matters. Uh, So for me, the question is, is the world, the the, the greater data scientific world really served having both HSD, schema and ZAR or one, you know, we can save the world with one format. Um, So that's, the question uh, I think we need to all think about. Um, this would also mean that HDF software would become a part of a larger data ecosystem. Uh, right now, as far as I know, HDF library only reads and creates HDF files. Uh, I have not heard of anyone writing an HDF reader for some other data format. So this would basically mean that HDF software would create ZAR and be able to read ZAR. Um, So that's, you know, obviously part of a larger ecosystem. And uh, the benefit will also be that ZAR is now being taken up by a number of communities and people because it's easy to understand and easy to implement. And so I'd expect that the number of ZAR-based software greatly outnumbers the number of HDF-based software. So um, that software may be able to benefit from ZAR-created data from HDF software in a way that, that may not be possible right now because HSD schema would be foreign to them. Um, so that's that's problem. Uh, the cons, obviously, uh, it's uh, for the current users or producers of HDF5 files, not really having one-to-one mapping with HDF5 file features may not be really attractive or maybe a non-starter. So that's, something to obviously be aware of and a knowledge. The whole ZAR extension proposal process is very new. There are very few of them. Uh, I don't know is this how much uh, life there will be in these proposals, how much time it takes for extension to get through the proposal process. The current proposals are done by people who are, let's say the leaders in the ZAR community. So expectations is those things will go through, but let's say if someone comes from the left field uh what kind of treatment would those proposals do it's unknown i don't know still too early to tell and also i think culturally for hdf group as a company this is this is kind of a different situation because right now HDF group really is in full control of hdfi file format what goes into the library everything uh if we want to go this route obviously we now have to i don't want to use the negotiate but we definitely have to be in the community that may not have so direct vested interest in HDF as, as, you know, HDF group has. And that's all I have as far as the slide. I'm really interested if people have some thoughts or some comments to what I said. But other than that, I save you some time and you can go to lunch or dinner quicker. So I'm done. Yeah, the, the usual goodness of a non nonprofit HDF group and thank you very much.
1: Okay, thanks. Uh, let's see. Okay. Um, hold. Well, there there are some questions. Uh, hold on. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, any no, obvious? Just can hear would be that the rates are all fine. Mean, the reason the potential rates are. I I can't hear well. Oh. Uh, There's a lot of echo. I can't hear. Let's see, I can come yell at your computer. I'll Alexander, you hear me? Excellent. Back again? Okay. So the obvious solution I was suggesting was write a Czar vault connector. Then you can access all the ZAR data produced by the ZAR community and still have the HDF5 ecosystem as the 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 front end, in a sense. Easy to do. No,
0: no, I agree. that That's an option. Uh, the one question that I don't have to tell you is, why should I use HDF just to read? I want to create my data as well.
1: So oh, no, why fine. should I? You could create whatever. It's fine. It's, it's, you could write it as fully featured as you want, not necessarily you, but people, someone could write a Zarr connector that was very fully featured. It's just going to bonk occasionally when you pick a feature that isn't supported by Czar and say, "Sorry, no, I can't do that." But I think that's the world. I mean, that's fine. I know. And just because it's... yeah, which is pretty straightforward and it's not terrible. And it...
0: so I have a question for the vol approach. So basically, because. In, in the case of ZAR or anything else, so there is there is the ZAR part, but then there is access to various places that can store ZAR. Mm-hmm. So in other words, you would have to have a wall for ZAR only, and then that wall would have to talk to another wall, which is more storage system oriented. That's possible, I assume.
1: You can layer wall connectors to your heart's desire. Sure. Yeah. That's because
0: cool. I would not like to have a ZAR wall for S three and there's our wall for Google Cloud, and then our wall for file system. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, you should just be able to stack the the, the one thing that understands Zar on top of things that understand storage systems. And that would be a pass through on top of a terminal, very normal.
0: Yeah, then I call the community to huddle again. and so I'm calling upon the ADF5 community to huddle together and produce
1: a ZAR vol. There you go. Or okay. in my yeah. spare time, sure. Yeah. No, I got other things for spare time, but it's a good idea. I,
2: I feel like those underlying vols would be a little weird because they would only be doing czar implementation stuff. Yeah. So you have you'd have like a czar vol connector, and then you would have some sort of different plugin stuff underneath. I feel like it'd be difficult to layer that on top of another wall connector. I mean, I don't know, maybe I, would, maybe it's my ignorance of the ZAR format, but it seems like that would be an odd match.
1: Yeah, it'd be, like, You could just create a, a new thing that was ZAR vault connector plugins, right? Uh, and then you choose the one you wanted to do, uh, S3 or Google or whatever. could you have
3: the equivalent of like a VFD for this fall that would say right to S3 or POSIX or Google? Right
2: sure. I mean there might be a way of of doing it in kind of in, in a way for which the vol was never intended really but um but maybe you could um, rip off like the the data set right operations to dump stuff in. I don't know it would be but I feel like that would be challenging that you, because it would want to do its own thing. if you had like an s3 vol connector, if you had a deus vol connector, they're going to have their own ideas about how stuff is stored. It's not just going to be for arbitrarily scribbling bytes into a range or something like that. Yeah.
1: That's it would cool. be better to have the Vault Connector layer on top of some Czar ecosystem that understood Czar stuff and could translate it out into storage layers. Right. Well, that's not my problem, though. <laughs> hey, Alexander,
3: uh, I recall like Data was working on a C. Library for Czar. How is yeah. that, going? Do, do that I haven't heard much about it recently.
0: That's actually a good point that you bring up because uh, if you go back and we talk about history here, um, you know, NetCDF developers have a good track record de- recognizing up and coming promising data forms. So back in the day, they chose HDF5 or NetCDF4. And now, you know, a few years back, they decided to also have independent um, interface for uh, ZAR. And I think it's called ANSI-ZAR. So I, you know, I think that's another data point that I took into account when I thought about this whole thing. Um, so uh, yes, uh, when we tried it last time, which was I think December, January, uh, for one uh, sort of project for NASA, it didn't really work that well. It, 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 You know, it con- couldn't deal with some NASA data that we converted to ZAR and this kind of thing. But um, they're working on it, I, I think. And there is, as I said, there is interest, uh, especially geoscience community, for ZAR. Um, and so I, I expect it to get better. Now, whether or not they would benefit from ZAR whole and would be wise for us to talk with NetCDF folks to see if they would be also interested to contribute to our that would be interesting angle but uh yes they they already done that um, to some degree i don't know if there's any negative people in the crowd there they can maybe correct me i don't want to you know misrepresent anything regarding netcdf library not-
3: sure so
1: um, do you hear
3: me, Alexander? You have to. Right, let me go up there. Yeah, Alexander. Um, so as kind of referenced before, I yeah, my institute and myself I'm slightly involved in both talking to HF group but also talking to the SAR community um, because at least part of the SAR specification originated from my institute. Um, <laughs> and so um yeah there's several interesting points here um so one is the question of governance of czar and it's still a little bit more for instance evolving. but for the most part the main governing body of czar is actually the so-called implementation council so effectively actually if you do implement a wall connector you could essentially have a seat at that council because you are now implementer of SAR so that that's one interesting consequence of that proposal um and I think the the other thing that I've noticed in talking to people is that everyone seems to be want to have maybe a single library or API to access everything but the thing I've noticed is that no one can quite agree what that API should be uh, for example my Institute has this thing called M5 which I mentioned is called. It's, Telling she not actually hdf5 but there's actually an n5 hdf5 connector it basically has a hdf5 backend and now there's a sar backend to this and you know and so the, there's some thought that okay you know for that Berkeley community that's the api if they want you know but i pointed out this to them that it could go the other way hdf5 that as an api could be the one api to connect to everything um and i've also heard uh from some of the SAR folks that you know, okay, maybe they want the their particular SAR variant to be the one API that could possibly read HF5 um, or a subset of HF5. And so I think I, I see this going all the way around. Uh, <laughs> it's not super clear. Uh, from the developers perspective though, my my sense is that people are more wedded to APIs than formats. Uh, and so if you could basically make it work with the, the existing API, they don't have to change much of the software, I think that's, um, they would appreciate that.
0: No, I agree. I mean, APIs are actually what what brings all these data formats into reality. I mean, as much as reality digital world is. But yes, I mean, software makes things possible, the, the data formats, the data formats, yeah. Uh, they are just one, uh, yes, since you mentioned this implementation council, I think there is another one above them, which is steering council. And so, now that you mentioned, I remember. So, as far as the extension proposal goes, I think everyone on steering our steering council has to say yes to every extension proposal. But majority is required in the implementation implementation council for some extension to be accepted or not. So that's another data point. But uh, no, I mean. Uh, you're right, APIs are what matters. And my also experience from work where I work, whenever you have a bunch of data formats that are supported or supposed to be supported by some application, there is always an abstraction layer that comes on top of that. And I don't know if that's the law of nature, but I always always notice that the, the data format with the least features always wins over. So all the other data formats with more features are kind of dumped down towards the data feature, data format with least features in order to support this abstraction layer. And so that's where I think that usefulness of HDF5 API and all these features and possibilities would benefit if HDF5 API would become more useful than just for HDF5 files or the HSDS schema or that kind of thing. And uh, ZARVOL is definitely the right to approach, only, you know, um, how to motivate people to program in C. Mm